Welcome to Smart Habits for Translators, a podcast for translators by translators, bringing you simple strategies to build better habits. In each episode, we will focus on specific habits for translators in various stages of their careers. If you're a translator who enjoys learning about habits to improve your business and lifestyle, then this is the podcast for you. We're your hosts, Madalena Sanchez-Ampalo and Veronica de Michelis. Like you, we are professional freelance translators trying to balance the challenges that come with building a career and maintaining clarity and boundaries between work and personal life. We hope you'll join us in this conversation about smart habits and discover some simple strategies you can apply today to help you build your career and achieve the lifestyle you desire. Welcome to Smart Habits for Translators. We have another guest with us today. We're excited to welcome Sarah Marie Hasbun. Welcome, Sarah Maria. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Welcome. We're so grateful that you found time to meet with us virtually and record this special episode. We've been following your thoughts on Instagram on what it's been like uh, living in China and going through the coronavirus-related social isolation that has only recently started in Europe and the U.S., so we're just now starting to experience what you've been through for many weeks. So it occurred to us that we should try and record an interview with you so that um, we could get some information and advice from you, and that would hopefully help a lot of our colleagues and us as well. (laughs) So um, first of all, can you um, tell our listeners more about yourself and what you do? Sure. Yeah. So I'm the founder of Meridian Linguistics. We are a small agency providing language services to technology companies. So mostly translation, language technology development, language data analysis, that sort of thing. And we are a fully remote team. So our project managers work remotely from the U.S., from France and Asia. And all of our linguists are remote freelance workers as well. Wonderful. Great. And you're currently living in Beijing, right? Right. Yeah. And, um, and I guess you are, have you finished practicing social isolation? Um, I mean, I know that it started there before it did here in the US. So is it really over? Are people really out and about now? So that's the big question. Um, I would say it definitely feels like some of the restrictions have been lifted. Um, people mm. have been told that they can go back to work in smaller numbers. So any office cannot offices can't have more than 25% of their usual capacity. Um, So basically all the offices have to coordinate, you know, I'll go in on Monday, you can go in on Tuesday, that sort of thing. But it still doesn't feel like the restrictions have been totally lifted. So we still, we live at a residential compound. We still have a guard at the gate that, you know, checks what our comings and goings are for. Mm. We still have to use permits to come and go. Um, We have a little permit card that marks us as residents of the of our compound and we have to show that card every time we come and go and in general yeah in general restaurants are starting to open but you can't yet sit at the same table as anyone else um mm. so yeah i think that right now we are really optimistic the rate of uh, infections has really slowed but now the main concern is that there seems to be a lot more imported cases coming back into China. Mm. So it mm. feels like we might have had this small reprieve in which we were starting to get very optimistic. But at the same time, now we don't want to make sure that there isn't any resurgence. So really, yeah. everyone that I know, everyone is still working from home. Okay. Um, and it hasn't really changed their, their habits very much. And in fact, just last night, we found out that the Chinese government will be limiting foreigners are no longer allowed to enter China. Um, okay. There are very few humanitarian cases. So they're taking very extreme measures to make sure that they can maintain the situation. So mm-hmm. we're optimistic, but um, really hard to tell yet. Yeah, it can take a while for some of the resurgence stuff to happen. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, So sounds kind of like a funny question, but I think this is what a lot of people are dealing with right now who are currently in social isolation. And it sounds like you still kind of are too. So um, how has your social life and your mental health been through this experience, Mm -hmm. if you don't mind us asking? Yeah, well, you know, ironically, I I was doing totally fine until the last few weeks. Um, So it's been about nine weeks that we've been in isolation now. And, okay. uh, and I was pretty, pretty okay in the beginning because, you know, here in China, we locked down right away. We mm-hmm. were doing everything we could do to stay safe. We were inside, we were taking lots of measures. So we felt very, you know, safe and protected and like we were involved in activities that were going to help fend this off. 
And to be honest, I'm kind of a hermit workaholic anyway. So <laughs> the only thing changed was that my husband was at home all day, which was right. awesome. So um, before it had hit, I had been traveling nonstop. And when it did hit, I was kind of forced to reprioritize and think, mm. of, okay, what's most important? Should I stay outside of China? Because if I, if I stay in China, I might not be able to leave, which is in, in fact what ended up happening. Um, and should I forego all of these business opportunities or should I make sure that I can stay with my family and that I don't end up getting locked outside? And mm -hmm. I decided to stay with my family. And in that way, it really, I felt kind of grateful that my priorities became so starkly laid out for me. So in the beginning, I was just mostly yeah. kind of marinating in this gratitude that, okay, yes, I'm reminded what's important. Should I land another deal? Should I be, you know, meeting lots of people? Should I be networking, going to conferences? Or should I be spending time with the people that I love? So in the beginning, just mm -hmm. having those priorities refocused really grounded me. <laughs> but then it hit the US and, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it was, you know, from China, it felt like watching a slow motion horror movie because mm -hmm. as the cases started to accelerate um, in the US, life was still going on as normal. You know, I looked on Instagram and my friends are still going out to restaurants. And, and that's when my anxiety really skyrocketed because I felt like, oh my God, I have like a personal responsibility to tell oh, people, yeah. like, let me show you what's happening in China. Like, I know it sounds crazy. I know you're not going to understand the scope without really feeling it. But yeah, um, how do I get you to understand the gravity of the situation and just stay inside, you know? So, so that was when I got very, I have to admit, my anxiety really skyrocketed. So Mm. I um, mostly stopped drinking coffee because definitely didn't need any extra jitters and started exercising like crazy. Um, you know, it, hel it helped me sleep better. It helped me get out the stress. Um, yeah. And just, you know, constantly, constantly texting and communicating with my family and friends. And that that really helped a lot. Just, you know, hearing their voices and knowing that they were okay. And, es and especially once the restrictions started taking place in the US and Europe, that definitely helped because I knew I could relax a little bit and just yeah. know that everyone is inside and everyone's safe. You know, it's interesting that you're talking about this because um, we're kind of in the middle of it right now, but Veronica and I both live in a fairly, you know, metropolitan area um, for the most part. Mm -hmm. And there's even parts of the U.S. still where I feel like people don't really understand the severity, the, you know, the gravity yeah. of the situation. So I, like what you're saying right now about experiencing anxiety about other people not taking it seriously because they're so far removed from it sort of that they don't really realize. And, um, you know, not to talk too much about myself, <laughs> um, but my husband's family is from Brazil and we were warning them mm -hmm. and they were like, oh yeah, you know, it'll come here. Sure. But they didn't realize like how, when it did happen, when they started to see the cases, how quickly it would spread. And now they're really in the, basically the very first days where we all were about two weeks ago or so. So it's really interesting. But one thing you said, I really wanted to touch on and you said, um, you started to realize like what was your prior what what your priorities were what were most important yeah. and it's it's interesting because right before we started recording this we signed on i saw somebody post something that said when everything is uncertain everything that is important becomes clear mm. and i was like that is really true and you know we're we're feeling that right now but yeah yeah. And I think that's, that's one of the best things that you can do to, to try to stay grounded think, okay, what do I actually have control over? And if I do have control, not everyone is lucky to have this kind of control, but if you do have control over being able to be with your loved ones, or at least just communicate with them, mm -hmm. then, then do that as much as you can, because you'll realize at the end of the day, you know, that's the most important. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so grateful you shared your um, sort of frustration with, with how uh, people in the U.S. weren't taking it seriously. Um, like I think a couple of weeks ago, you posted something and I, I feel the same way right now. I have a lot of family in Russia and, and that's what's happening there. They're like, you know, oh, you know, yeah, we're just living our normal lives and going to work. And only now this past couple of days, restrictions are starting to happen. So I've been having a lot of anxiety myself, just thinking about my friends and family there. Um, but uh, your post on Instagram at that time, like a couple of weeks ago, really made me question some of the things we were planning here in Houston and our local associations. We planned a few events um, to happen in April and I, I worked on them and I was, I started asking questions like my, my colleagues on the board and should we really do this? And, and it, I think... For me, like your post seemed so sincere and so 
just really alarming that I started asking myself these questions and, and asking the other people, you know, should we reconsider? And finally we did. And I'm so glad because a few days later, things started really, you know, the ball started rolling here and now we're, uh, we have the, the order to stay home. So <laughs> those events wouldn't have happened anyway. Um, oh, so. I'm so glad. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like, you know, I, I can't, I have to keep reminding myself, like, I can't blame anyone for not recognizing the gravity because it's just so bizarre, right? The scope it of is. this is so yeah. much bigger than anything we've dealt with. And the problem is that you don't see how dangerous it is. Like by the time you can see how dangerous it is, it's so far beyond the point yeah. at which you can do anything. So that's yes. why I think those of us that are in countries where the ball has already gotten rolling, um, we feel so much responsibility, I think, because we, we, wanna, we want to shake our past selves. And think, yes. Like, <laughs> you should have started doing this two weeks ago, you know? Right. And, but it's so hard to get people to understand that since they can't see it. So at the same time, you also don't want to seem like you're inciting panic. Right. But you also want them to understand, like, listen, I can't rely on what my eyes are seeing right now. I need to trust my friend who's telling me that she yeah. knows what's going on. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that creates a lot of anxiety. Yeah. yeah. And it's something I think nobody, at least that, that we know, has ever experienced something like this in their lifetime. Yeah. 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 It's truly incredible. So uh, can you tell us what you did to stay busy? Because I think that's probably a key in a situation like this is to try and stay busy and, and do do something all day, every day to just not notice, you know, how long you've stayed in isolation and try and, you know, just have stuff to do throughout the day. So what did you do? Yeah, I think one of the best things that I have been doing is I had a, a few different projects that I want to work on. And I created very clear short-term goals for those projects. So I knew that one thing that I wanted to work on in this time is to level up my Chinese. I've been studying Chinese for a long time, but Mm. I really want to push it to that next level. And I gave myself the goal that I was going to pass the, the last level of the Chinese proficiency exam. Because I realized, you know, if you have this goal, they're like, oh, I'm going to get better at Chinese or, oh, I'm going to learn French. It's not it's not a concrete enough goal that to actually keep you away from doom surfing right. Twitter for three hours, you know? Yeah. So whereas if you have a real concrete goal, um, you have some, you have a reason that you have to get up every day and you have something to focus on and something to push you forward. And then as you meet those small short-term goals or you meet the increment steps towards those goals, you feel such a sense of accomplishment and it really just helps dispel a lot of the anxiety. So I, I met with tutors every day, um, you know, set time online so that I have to I have to be there. I have to show up. I have to be focused. I have to not be scrolling through Twitter during that hour and, you know, giving my tutor my full attention. And, you know, I'm just slowly working towards that goal and, and letting that take as much of my focus as I possibly can. Yeah. And in addition to the Chinese, you know, just this is really a great time to be learning as much as you possibly can. Um, if you have the time to do that, of course, not everyone has time to do that. But um, if you do have extra time, if you're finding yourself being sucked into the um, never-ending news cycle in an unhealthy way, um, then I think it's a really good time to think hard about how to future-proof your business and how to make sure you're ready for the world that comes out of this crisis. Um, make yes. sure that you have um, that you're on top of the technology that can help you level up your business. I know a lot of interpreters are very suddenly thrown into working as remote interpreters, which is right. a whole other skill set. You know, it's not just about using the technology, but it's a very different kind of interpreting. Mm-hmm. Um, and also learning how to educate your clients about that, about the opportunities that are out there and the different ways that they can shift their businesses and just being prepared for that. So there's a lot, you can take courses on Udemy, um, Skillshare, um, there's lots of MOOCs. I don't know if that's even how you pronounce it, M-O-O-C. Yeah. <laughs> um, lots of courses you can take online, and it's a double benefit, right? Number one is it, it's a mood stabilizer. It just helps you generally be focused on something that's healthy for your brain and keeps mm-hmm. your mood up, keeps your spirits up, um, and it also hopefully helps your business in the long term. Yes, exactly. I totally agree with you. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And I definitely also want to say that you know a lot of people, as they started this, this isolation that probably thought, oh, wow, now the pressure's really on. Now I'm, I'm working from home or, or I'm not working from home. And now the pressure's on for me to, you know, write the next great American novel. And if I don't do something <laughs> huge with this time, people are going to say, what were you doing that whole time you were in isolation? Right? And I, I do think it's important to tell people, listen, like this is an unprecedented time. 
It's incredibly stressful. A lot of people are feeling a lot of existential dread. You know, if you yeah. need to take a few days to just kind of wallow in your fear, do whatever feels right for you. Like you don't have to accomplish big things necessarily, but, um, right. but I might suggest that you try to just because it might help your mood, you know? Yeah. Um, it's it's so a good way to kind, spend time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But just be kind to yourself about deciding where to set your goals. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. So we wanted to maybe talk about some of the concerns that uh, most people have at the moment. And I think Madalena and I can definitely share a lot of those and, and just invite you to join us in sharing some perspective and tips on how to address uh, these concerns. The first one, and maybe one of the biggest ones, is um, just the feeling of uncertainty. How long is this going to take and how will it affect our life and our future and and plans and you know it can go from little things like can I still go on vacation this summer to will will I have a job after all of this is over you know so that that can be a really really difficult one and um, I think for me personally um, I just try and take it a day at a time because definitely the the priorities have shifted in our family as well and um, and the focus right now is for my husband to be able to have um, sort of all the productivity and and dedicated focus time for his work from home as as much as he can because he is the biggest breadwinner in our family and mm-hmm. we need to do our best to make sure he keeps his job and you know he's in the oil and gas industry and that's that's a tricky mm-hmm. one right now um, but I also want to make sure that I I continue on the path I'm on. And then um, the kids definitely keep me busy as well. So that, <laughs> that's, that's, that's very helpful in terms of not thinking too much um, about what will happen, you know, in a week or a month. You just focus on the day by day. What about you, ladies? For me, you know, I, I agree completely with you. Um, you know, I have experienced some loss already in my business. So for me, I mean, not huge loss. I'm, I'm not, you know, saying that like I can't pay my bills. So I don't want to make it sound like it's some kind of an extreme case for me. But I know that a lot of interpreters, for example, as we were saying, you know, they have, especially conference and court interpreters have lost yeah. a lot of work. But yeah, I've seen a, like a huge slowdown in my business. And, you know, I was telling Veronica, um, I'm lucky my husband is a tenured professor. So, you know, I know that he has a job next month. It's that kind of, you know, situation and we can still pay our bills and everything like that. But, you know, it's like you were saying, Veronica, I mean, you still want to make sure that you're continuing on your path. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, we've kind of had a wrench thrown into things. (laughs) Um, It does take a lot to take care of a toddler during the day as well while you're trying to work. And so you you just make it work. You figure it out. You know, I think that's one of the things that has come out of this um, for a lot of people is that whatever your circumstances are, you find a way to make it work. You find a way to do what you need to do. And it's like Sarah Maria said already, you know, you want to, um, you want to make sure that you give yourself the time to sit with the feelings that you're having. I think that's extremely important but also to look to the future because people will be going back to work. You know, we will be getting back into our routines. The economy will improve. So what can you do now to set yourself up for the future? And of course, nobody knows what the future is. And I think that's part of the uncertainty of it all. But you know, there's uncertainty in everything, really, if you think about it, nothing is, is a given. So you know, um, we got a, a email today from my daughter's school that we were already expecting, you know, saying like, oh, you know, we're going to try to open on April 16th. We'll see what they say. And we're thinking, you're not going to open on April 16th, <laughs> you know, but it, we, we've also, like you, Veronica said, you know, we're probably going to cancel our vacation this summer because we were yeah. supposed to go visit our family in Brazil. And we've, we've realized, okay, no, that is peak flu season, probably not a good idea. We were going to take my, my dad and, and um, take him to Iguazu Falls. And my dad is 78 and he has chronic bronchitis. Like, that's not a good idea. Mm. But, you know, it, these are things that can be rescheduled. These are things that can, they can wait. They're nice things. It's not that, you know, it's something that, that, you know, if I change my vacation, it's not going to end the world. But it is, you know, something that if you are um, feeling bad about it, I think it's okay to feel bad about these things and not be like, you know, well, somebody has it worse than me. Well, yeah, of course. Um, but, you know, there's going to be uncertainty right now in every way. And, it, and it's just kind of like what we do with it. And I think how we respond to it, that's probably more important. Yeah, I definitely agree. 
And I think that maybe one of the most helpful things um, right now, like you said, you take it a day at a time, um, but you also prepare for the fact that it could take a long time. Um, just mentally prepare yourself for that. I think back when this happened to us in China, I think we had been in isolation for about a week when we started hearing from, uh, from offices, from cities, um, from schools, that we were probably not going to go back to normal until at least at least two months later. And they'd let us that they let us know pretty early on about that. And I, at that time, you know, we were quite shocked. We thought, wow, okay, if they're, if they're already committing to a shutdown of this length, then that means that that's the, the least it's going to be, you know, because of course right. they're very concerned about the economy. They're very concerned about getting back on track, but they knew already that it was going to be a long haul. Mm -hmm. And that really helped us, I think, because we could totally recalibrate instead of wondering, are we back next week? Are we back next week? You right. know, yeah, at least we were able to settle into our new reality and prepare for that. So I think it's best to just prepare for the fact that this could, it could be several months. Yeah. And then if it isn't, then that's great. You know, then you're exactly you go back to work early, but just mentally prepare yourself that it could be through August, it could be through September. Mm -hmm. um, and just, you know, start find ways to find joy in your in your new reality. So what about, um, let's go back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier when we said, you know, worrying about our health or the health of our loved ones. I know, you know, it's one thing to keep in touch with people uh, virtually, however we can, but, you know, how, how do you deal with the worry that you have about, or how have you dealt with the worry that you have about loved one besides what you said about, you know, exercising more to get the stress out and things like that. I mean, you can only tell people so many times, you know, you really need to take care. You really need to stay home. And, you know, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Part of it is just figure out, you know, what you can control and what you can't control. And in the beginning, basically, I was just spamming my family with all the information that I had because um, I felt like they weren't getting enough information yet in the U.S. or they were getting contradictory messages. So I was just sending them everything I knew, um, just trying to do whatever I could to try to affect some change and to make sure that they were safe. Once I understood that they understood the gravity of the situation and once I knew that they were home and, and that they were going to be safe there, um, that definitely helped a lot with feeling anxiety towards them. And then I just had to shift towards focusing on keeping us all happy, you know, like I sent them a little care package and I brought myself a whole lot of joy going through, you know, picking out Amazon items to send them and thinking, oh, okay, that'll make them smile. This will make them smile. And uh, just trying to not overload them with, with coronavirus news anymore and try to shift more towards just like, let's keep everyone happy and let's just just be yeah. happy in the in the time that we can spend together, even if it's virtual. So my family is in, um, my parents are in San Francisco and my sister is in LA. Um, and then okay. a lot of my good friends are in New York. So unfortunately they're in, in the hot spots. <laughs> the hot spots. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah, especially yeah, San Francisco, New York. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So are you, so you're able to see them virtually at least? Yeah. Yeah. We just we constantly talk. We constantly text all day, um, you know, barring time zone issues the conversation yeah. just keeps on going and going. And we try to keep a healthy balance between keeping each other informed, you know, letting them know, oh, okay, here's the situation in China, here's the situation in the US, mm -hmm. um, and also just trying to keep each other happy. So my mom yeah. recently found an old photo album and she's just been spamming us with photos of ourselves as children. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it yeah. is. Isn't it interesting what's coming out of this situation? I mean, not just yeah. like with our family, of course, but, you know, with other people, some of the kindness I'm seeing is just incredible. Mm -hmm. um, I posted yesterday, I think it was, I, I was taking a walk because at least here we can still take a walk as long as you stay away from people, you know, and I think it's good to get some vitamin D and such, um, fresh air, but uh, people are posting or sorry, they're like drawing little um, signs and things on the ground with chalk. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I think the one yesterday said kindness is contagious too. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I think that's interesting. So what about not just, I mean, I know we can see each other virtually and it's not like we couldn't do this before, <laughs> um, but what do you feel about, you know, what would you tell fellow translators and interpreters about, you know, the lack of basically social life right now um, who are struggling with that? Because, you know, even introverts, I, I've heard somebody say like, everybody laughs and says, oh, this is great for the introverts, but even introverts need a social life and they have a social life. It's not like they don't want to talk to people. So what would you say about that? Yeah, definitely. I've heard a lot of um, 
a lot from all sides. One, one interesting perspective I saw recently um, somewhere on social media was someone was pointing out, yes, you know, we introverts, um, we are good at working from home. We are good at going long periods of time without social contact. But most of us have never done that in a pandemic before. Um, most of us have never had to be isolated during times that are so dire and times that inspire such dread. You know, usually when we're this scared, our instinct is to run to the people that we love, right? So, yeah. so definitely take that into account. Like if you're feeling like, why can't I focus? Like, this is my job. This is what I've always done. What's wrong with me? Um, be kind to yourself because these are extraordinary circumstances. Um, and just reach out to the people that you love as much as you can. Um, like you said, it's something that we've always been able to do, but of course it was never as urgent as it is now because we always had so many other things we had to get done. Um, we never wanted to impose upon other people. Now we do have this wonderful gift of realizing everyone is in literally the entire globe is in this together. Yeah. Um, that's one thing that's really struck me. You know, I'm, I'm very active on social media and as I scroll through all my feeds, it's every single country that I've lived in, my friends that are from all over the world, everyone is talking about the same thing and everyone is dealing with the same reality. I don't think yeah. I've ever seen that before. Ever. No, no it's other incredible. Life that has ever been, that touched every single friend of mine in every different part of the world. Yeah. So, and all of us are realizing we need to be there for each other, you know? So we're doing a lot of Zoom meetings and Skype meetings with people that, yeah, we could have done that any other time, but it never felt urgent. Mm -hmm. Now we urgently mm -hmm. want to talk to our friends in Italy because we know that they're having a really difficult time. And we urgently want to talk to our friends in New York because we want to see their face and we want yeah. to make sure that, um, that they're okay. And we want to just make sure that we treasure the time that we have with each other. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so true that, you know, suddenly all these things that are really important in life are coming to the surface. And um, I've, always been I, I thought I've always been very good about you know our family as a whole um just staying in touch with our family in Europe and uh, staying in touch with friends all over but um right now that that's what we do you know all day someone someone recalling or or is, if it's on FaceTime or Zoom and um, we even like let kids play little games with their friends through FaceTime or Zoom today and they were so happy and I think for me it was one of the things I, I've been focusing on a lot is to make it um, as normal as possible of an experience for my kids because I don't want them to be traumatized by what's going on or feel scared or upset though they do notice of course the big changes but um, just you know finding little little things like this that still help them feel connected to family and friends and even for for us like my husband had uh, virtual drinks with his colleagues this week and I had virtual drinks with my friends uh, a couple of days ago so it's it's you, you become you, you get really creative and you just find ways to connect to people that mean a lot to you one thing that can be really hard right now is just feeling thrown off course because our usual routine was disrupted in so many ways. Um, and it's um, both has to do with the fact that we have to stay home, maybe we're not, you know, not being able to go to the stores or travel, but also having to combine work maybe with caring for family members and kids. And that can be um, just a struggle. How, how do you stay productive and organized and, and still, you know, be a good parent and do all of the precautionary measures that we have to do now to keep your family safe? So how, what did you do to, to deal with that feeling of, um, you know, your whole life being turned upside down? Yeah, I, for me, it really helps to stick to a routine. Um, it's not the same for everyone, but uh, for me, it definitely helped to always have my routine that I'm going to exercise in the morning, you know, and then I do email tasks at this time. I have my Chinese lesson at the same time every day. I have to study for that lesson, prepare for it right before that. Um, you know, the dog has to get walked. Um, just focus on, on things like that. And um, yeah, just sticking to that routine has really helped stay, stay productive, stay happy. Uh, not let myself, you know, descend too much into the, like I said, the doom surfing and, um, and the wallowing. Um, so yeah, it's really helped to, to have a routine. Yeah, that's good to hear. Cause that's what I, I started um, introducing into our lives recently. I mean, the, I feel like the first week was really 
a transition period for us we because we were still in shock and disbelief and could yeah. believe it's happening and suddenly the schools are closed for a month and how are we going to stay productive and and do our work and homeschool our children and or at least for me homeschool my my older child and uh keep the toddler busy and and safe <laughs> <laughs> and then um yeah. so we we just got together with my husband and and you know, just, okay, this is our new reality. This is our new normal. This is how a day is going to look like and just plan it out hour by hour. What do we need to do to make sure he gets his hours of work in and I have time to work and, you know, we help our daughter with her lessons and everything. So um, that, that just, um, yeah, that's, that's really helpful and staying focused and staying busy too. Um, But the other problem can be, um, not being able to focus because you're just being affected by the constant stream of heavy news and you feel like you have to stay up to date and constantly update your feed or check the news all the time. Um, and then you just can't help but feel concerned and, and feel powerless and helpless that this is all happening. And then you can't focus on your work so much. Do you have any helpful tips for that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely fall prey to that. Um, I think as as I've been saying, the best thing you can do is be kind to yourself about it, but then at the same time, really try to set real short-term goals for the task that you're doing that day. You know, you want to have this task done by this time, that task done by that time, and that'll just help you check in with yourself. If you realize, oh, okay, I'm, I'm an hour late on that task. What have I been doing? Do I want to continue doom surfing? Is that really what I need to do right now? Or should I force myself to get back to this task, really try to focus? And if you can get yourself into flow state, you know, that state where you're just so entranced by what you're doing and, you know, you forget to go to the bathroom, you forget to warm up your soup. Mm-hmm. If you can get to that state, that's the best possible thing you can do for yourself right now. So if you can come up with any kind of task that is fun enough or that is going to be gratifying enough um, that you can be completely consumed by it, that's probably the absolute best thing you can do for yourself right now. That's really great advice, actually. Um, yeah. I had thought about it that way, but, you know, thinking about what, what Veronica was saying about routines and this and that, you know, I agree. Like last week, it was it last week? <laughs> I think it was last week. We were kind of in this transition stage too. And it was like this week, I feel more like things have been sort of in a rhythm that I'm like, this isn't actually so bad, you know? Yeah, um, yeah but it's true. Um, my work time has been in the morning myself. Um, so I, I realized like today, I tried not to set too many tasks for myself and make sure that they were things that I could get done in the amount of time that I actually did have. Um, and, you know, take the calls and meetings that I needed to take. And also just, you know, make sure that at the end of the day, I felt good about, you know, what I got done and what I did. And if something didn't happen, well, then it can wait until tomorrow. Because I think that's part of this too, is we're starting to realize what really is important to do right now. Um, and, and that feeling of, like you said, you know, powerlessness and helplessness that you sometimes can feel from, what did you say, doom surfing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I like <laughs> that term. Right. Yeah. Um, and all the heavy news, I, I've realized like, this is not how I want to spend my time. You know, I mean, I have the ability to turn this off. So I try to, you know, just consume a little bit of news every day and then go on to the next day because I don't know, um, Sarah Maria, how you felt, but uh, Veronica and I were saying, I think that like last week, especially the beginning of the week, I guess, um, it was, it felt more like every day was something like extreme in the news, like almost tragic every day with some other thing. And you'd just wake up with this feeling of like, what is this day going to bring? And now I actually don't feel that way. I don't know about you, but it's just, it's just a strange thing. Yeah. I agree that last week really felt like, um, yeah, every day brought something really huge and you were just always kind of on the edge of your seat wondering what today's 20 point font headline was going to be in the New York times and mm-hmm. then a few days went by when I guess people were settling into their new routines and I was almost almost kind of missing the adrenaline rush. I think my body was like, wait, where's my adrenaline rush of today? Like, mm. I better check the news. I better read to, this, to all the different pages in the paper so I can find out where that big news is that I missed. Um, so that's, that's something that's dangerous as well. You get, you get into kind of PSD, PTSD mode and you're expecting yeah big things to happen. So right. yeah, it's good to remind yourself, okay, it's a good thing that nothing big happened today. Um, yes. 
right. and uh, settle back into my routine. And you're ex- you've kind of experienced this twice now, right? I mean, following it in China, now following it here. I guess yeah. mostly it was in China in the beginning, and it was slowly spreading to other Asian countries, but it seemed like it was spreading pretty slowly. So that was good. You know, we were tracking it very carefully in Korea because we have a lot of loved ones there. Mm-hmm. Um, we lived in Korea for six years. Um, and then we were still tracking every other country because, you know, we're, my husband and I were both in very global businesses and um, mm-hmm. a lot of our friends are constantly traveling around. And so we wanted to see, okay, well, you know, which country is now blocking flights from China? That was really important for us to be aware of so that we would know where our, you know, options were. Oh, and, yeah. then, and then it hit Europe. So then Italy was one of the first ones for it to really hit hard. And so mm-hmm. then we were kind of watching it develop there. And we have a lot of very good friends um, in Italy. And we'd recently gone to Rome. So we had uh, not not very recently, but um, in the last year we had gone to Rome. And so we wanted to see how things were developing there. So then it just felt like we were tracking it across the world. And uh, yeah, and now it's everywhere. So <laughs> it is. Yeah, it really is. And and so that's one of the things I mean, like all these experiences we're talking about, everybody's sort of feeling them in different ways, but everybody's feeling them all, you know, like one of the things that we were talking about, Veronica and I, is that we have a lot of colleagues right now who are experiencing income loss and they're worrying about their financial stability, their jobs, the future of their business and their professions. Um, do you have any advice for people about like what they could think about instead of, you know, thinking about the doom and gloom of it all? I mean, not that we, we don't have to be concerned. We certainly do. But I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, um, I think it's definitely okay to be concerned. And, you know, we were talking about before about putting things in perspective and in a way, translators are in a really, really advantageous position compared to say delivery men or doctors or people Mm -hmm. that really have to be out there um, or people who are going to lose their jobs because they can't be out there in the trenches. But as we also said, you know, it's okay to feel fear and it's okay to feel resentment. Um, Even though we're in a privileged position, that doesn't mean that we're not going to experience real loss and real damage to our businesses. So I think the best thing to do is just to focus as much of your energies as you can on learning and on evolving and being future-proof. So as much as you can add to your toolkit in order to best come out of this unscathed or to prepare for any changes that are coming around the bend for our industry, it's not Mm -hmm. only good for your business, but as we've been saying, it's good for your mind just to be focused and feel like you're doing something. Otherwise there's a lot that's outside Mm -hmm. of your control. You can't control whether your company sends you translation work, right? You can't control whether the company that was going to send an LSB translation work to send to you is going to go out of business and not going to be able to send you more work, but you can, you can control your own um, personal development, especially with so many resources online now that are very affordable um, or even free. So there's a lot you can do with that. And then also, you know, from the entrepreneur perspective, um, since I'm the founder of a language services company, I think the most important thing right now is for LSPs to remember that, you know, they're nothing without their linguists. And they need to do everything they possibly can to support their linguists right now. And not just to be good people, not just to be good, you know, human beings, but because, um, your business will not survive if you if you aren't supporting your linguists right now. So that's been really important for us at Meridian. We've taking as many measures as we can, reaching out to our linguists, trying to find out what what's making your job hard to do right now. Is there anything that we can do? Because we know that they want to be working. We know that they want to be contributing members of society. No, no one, no one in our industry. Very few people in our industry are trying to be lazy, right? <laughs> right. So, so, exactly. We have, and we're in a privileged position as entrepreneurs that our income is usually pretty diversified. We usually have, you know, a number of different clients and we are a little bit, sometimes not always, but a little bit more sheltered from these kind of immediate losses. Um, so I think it's our responsibility to, to reach out and support our linguists as much as possible. So, you know, things that we've been doing are shortening the payment times that we have. We're trying to pay people as quickly as we possibly can so that they can have some cash flow, um, you know, because maybe they need to set up a new workspace. Maybe, maybe they're used to being able to work at home on the family's only computer, but suddenly their spouse is at home and needs that computer as well. So maybe they need to buy another computer. So sometimes a little thing like paying them more quickly so that they can get a computer and they can work on it is just a, it can have a huge, huge difference on your linguist's ability to be productive. So paying, you know, paying vendors early, um, we distributed our bonuses nine months early this year. 
um, because we figured, you know, why not? If, if it'll give people extra cash flow to get them through, get them through this tough time, it's totally, totally worth it. Um, so anything you can do as, a, as an entrepreneur or as a company to, to support your fellow linguists, um, it'll come back to you not only as a good human being, but it'll be good for your business. Definitely. I totally agree with that. So we wanted to ask you, is there anything that you have experienced that we haven't touched on today that you think might be helpful to share with our listeners? Yeah, I think, well, on the same vein as talking about perspective, something that really struck me and really helped me, um, you know, like I mentioned, we used to live in Korea and a Korean reporter mentioned online that she was having a conversation with her grandmother. She was trying to connect with her grandmother about the difficulty of the situation and trying to empathize with her grandmother about her own past experiences. Um, most grandmothers alive today have been through a lot in Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they lived through the war, they lived through the financial crisis, the Asian financial crisis. And uh, she was asking her grandma like, Oh, so this time now that we're in quarantine, you know, we're isolated at home, we're fighting this war against this virus. Does this feel like the way that it felt when you were growing up and when you were living through the war? Mm-hmm. And her grandmother said, are you kidding me? Like, no, <laughs> we were being bombed. We didn't have internet. Like this is right. a piece of cake compared yeah. to what I grew up in. Um, and I just thought, I thought that moment was just so great. It's, it's so good to remember that, you know what, most of us have grown up incredibly, incredibly privileged. And so we haven't had a moment like this before. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully it's going to teach us resilience. Um, it's going to teach us how to do hard things. That doesn't mean that, you know, it's good that this is happening at all, but, um, but there will be some silver linings that come out of it. And um, all we can do is roll with the punches and do whatever we can do to future-proof ourselves and our business. And definitely uh, in perspective. Yes, yeah. I love that. And I was actually having a conversation with somebody about this. Um, I feel like almost every day it seems this this type of thing comes up and it's like, you know, there are a lot of things that will come out of this that are good. People are being kind to one another. People are realizing like what they can do with technology. I think technology will advance a lot because of this. Um, But you know, it's, it's something that I think we, we do take a lot of things for granted. So I think this is a bit of a, you know, way to realize like, yes, we are very privileged and there are certain things that, even in other countries that we already have that they don't have on a regular basis. You know, um, if we can't find toilet paper one day at the store, it's not the end of the world. You know, it's, it's, there are other things that are, that are, you know, people suffer from or have suffered through and we will become more resilient for every type of difficulty and loss that we experience. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll all come out of this feeling that we've changed um, for the better, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Sarah Maria, would you uh, be willing to share any advice to um, listeners who are maybe living or working in a foreign country far from their family and home during all this? Yeah. um, As I've been saying, I think talk to your family as much as you can and your friends. Um, you know, get on all the different messengers. There's so many great messengers you can use now. Um, you know, WhatsApp, Viber. Um, we really fell in love with the messaging app uh, called Kakao Talk, which is used in Korea, and it has just really, really adorable emojis. So my whole family uses Kakao Talk now, um, even though they're not in Korea. It's just we get a lot of joy out of the emojis, and my parents have gotten really good at using the emojis. And it's really, <laughs> really so even if there's not anything you have to say to people, like even if you don't have an important message, you can just send them a little emoji, and it's just like a little. I'm thinking of you kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I mean, we're probably talking every day now, me and my family, uh, which is definitely not our normal routine, mm-hmm. but it brings us a lot of peace. You know, I just, I, I like to just hear what kind of bread my mom makes that day. You know, mm. I like to hear um, about, yeah, what my sister's cooking or, you know, what they're working on. And um, it just grounds me. So definitely check in with your friends, check in with your family. You no longer have to worry that you're imposing on anyone's time. Like literally, I can promise you, if you call someone, they're going to be so happy to see that you're calling <laughs> because they probably want a break um, from their worries and they were probably worrying about you. And uh, now is definitely the time to check in with everyone that you care about. And uh, yeah. Yes. So true. Yeah. Thank you for that. So to wrap up the episode for today, we thought that we'd share some smart habit hacks that might be helpful to everybody right now. Um, Our first one actually comes from our listener and fellow translator, 
Her name is Silja Lungerud. And Silja is originally from Norway, but she's one of those, like we mentioned, who's living in another country during all this. She's now living in England. And Silja said that um, one of the things that she has been doing has been making sure that every day she gets up, she takes a shower, and she gets dressed just as it's a normal day in her normal routine. And she said, um, you know, this may be um, just part of the you know, the type of lifestyle I have because she specializes, um, as she told me, in uh, fashion, beauty, and product descriptions. So she said, it just makes me feel better because it's also related to my work. And so it sounds like a small thing, you know, to make sure that you get dressed for the day every day and you take care of yourself. But I think it can definitely make a difference in your outlook and the way that your day unfolds. She even mentioned adding a touch of lipstick for an extra boost. (laughs) So something makeup to think about really feel like makeup can really feel like armor sometimes i think yeah. it can really it can really brighten your day just to, just to see that you look nice so i, I definitely agree with that <laughs> yeah exactly veronica do you have a smart habit hack to share uh during this time of social distancing and home confinement yeah well i actually can relate to to, to that previous tip too because i've been i've been just been religiously making sure i am dressed you know i'm not like in pajamas all day long but i like i actually wear normal clothes and wear make a little bit of makeup to just feel that i'm put together um and that's been helping me to feel better but um i also um was forced to find new ways to work out. Um, I am no longer able to do my usual exercise routine or go to my my, my gym, but um, I still make sure I, I get in some exercise and movement. I try to wake up at 5 a.m. and work out together with my husband. So by the time my kids are up um, and we have to start, you know, the homeschool, homeschooling and all the activities, I am just ready for the day. Um, And if something comes up and I miss my early morning workout, I exercise with my kids. We do like a kid's yoga class or um, do some fun uh, dance videos or find like a kid's exercise video on YouTube and just do it together. Now, is it as good as my normal workout? Absolutely not. (laughs) But it gives me some movement and some endorphins and um, just provides some much needed entertainment for the kids, which makes my day easier as well. Uh, What about you, Madalena? Yeah, for me, um, one of the things I'm trying to really keep uh, as a good habit is uh, eating well, eating whole foods. And so one of the things that I've been doing just to make it more interesting and fun, especially because now we seem to have more time on our hands in some ways, not always, but sometimes, um, is actually just to try some new recipes. So um, I've actually been having my three-year-old help me to you know, add ingredients here and there and do certain things. And she feels very proud of that as well. She thinks she's you know, really helping me cook, even though it's <laughs> probably more work. But at the same time, it's nice because it is a way to connect with one another. Um, and uh, at the same time, I can make sure that I'm still eating pretty well. Um, taking care of myself in that way. So that's been good. I mean, in this case, it's been um, something that has turned into something more fun than, you know, the usual type of boring meal prep or something that, that yeah. you know, people think of when they're like, oh, I have to eat well, I have to, do, you know, plan ahead. So it's actually been really fun. And one of the things that I'm hearing from people is because certain um, grocery stores are running out of a lot of things right now, people are having to be more creative. So I think that's kind of an interesting thing. And I would like to see if people would start sharing kind of some of the things they've come up with, with Mm. what they have in their pantry. That's that's something I would think would be interesting to hear about. But um, Sarah Maria, can you share any of your own smart habit hacks that you found useful during this experience? Yeah, well, actually, you just mentioned being creative. And that's something that I was really lacking in my life before I was really I I never thought I had time to do these little creative projects. Mm -hmm. But you know, Koreans, um, they're just coming out of they're starting to recover from a pretty bad virus outbreak. But when everyone was stuck inside, um, they got incredibly creative. I mean, the Kore- Koreans are a very creative people. And yes. they, they love social media. They love Instagram. And um, recently, I noticed this thing going viral in Korean media was they were making this coffee drink. Uh, they call it Talgona coffee. It's based on a, a, a Korean candy that they all are nostalgic for. And uh, it's like a really beautiful coffee drink and it's really easy to make. And so that everyone was making videos about how they make this Talgona coffee drink. Um, and so mm. I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. And it was really easy and it's really fun. And it's just, 
it took me like 30 minutes and then I took some pretty pictures of it. And, um, it was just, that got me into the flow state, you know, for about 30 minutes. I, I was really involved in this process and it created something out of it. And then I could send the video to all my friends and see, look what I did. You know, here's some non-coronavirus related <laughs> updates from me. And yeah, it's just definitely these creative projects, I think, um, are a great way to get into flow state and then also a good way to just kind of bring joy to other people. So I would say, look for these DIY projects that you can do online, you know, learn how to make almond butter on your own, or if you have that extra time, then, uh, then definitely see if you can be creative and it'll, it'll help a lot. That's yeah. A good idea. Uh, yeah. And I'm finding that people are coming up with some very creative stuff right now. I mean, it's like Veronica was saying about the home workouts. I mean, there are a lot of people who sell uh, workouts online or they teach in a gym, but right now they're putting them up for free because they're at home and they're just sharing their own work and creativity with other people, which I yeah. think is really cool. Sarah Maria, thank you so much for answering your questions and for chatting with us about your experience. Um, I'm sure that our listeners will find it useful. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. It was really fun. Great. Um, it's been so nice to have you on our podcast. And before we go, um, can you tell us where can our listeners learn more about you or find you online? Sure. Um, you can find out more about my company, Meridian Linguistics, um, at meridianlinguistics.com, or we're also all over social media, uh, LinkedIn and Twitter. If you're more interested in the language learning side of things, I also make a lot of content about how to learn languages. So you can also find me at misslinguistic.com. That's where I talk about language learning and different hacks for doing that. And I'm also on social media um, on Instagram as misslinguistic and on Twitter at mslinguistic, mislinguistic. So you can find me there too. Wonderful. Thank you. And we will be sure to include um, links to everything in our show notes. As usual, our email subscribers will receive a full recap of this episode with all the resources and links that we mentioned. Thanks again, Sarah Maria, for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. We hope you enjoyed this episode and discovered a simple strategy that you can apply today at work or at home to help you achieve the lifestyle you desire. If you did, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a topic you want us to cover on this podcast, please record a quick voice message and email it to us at hello at smarthabitsfortranslators.com. If you like this episode, please leave us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts and please share the podcast with other translators you know. 